0: My name is Chris Dentry here for Worlds, taking place July 31st to August 1st. I'm here today with the man, the myth, the legend, the bearded impresario, Brent Bushnell from 2-Bit Circus. Hi, Brent. How are you? Great to see you, Chris. It's great to see you. Yeah. You know what? When you say that, I actually believe you because you have like the kindest eyes ever. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. Um kind of give us a little bit of a 101 on Brent Bushnell and the whole two-bit circus movement. Uh, I'm an engineer and an entrepreneur, been
1: that for life, and uh met my co-founder years ago, uh, who's a roboticist, and he and I were both like frankly frustrated with what we were doing during the week, and so we started collaborating, making interactive art. And you know, our inspiration was there's all this great new tech that hasn't been applied to entertainment. Computer vision, cheap sensors, you know, all this sort of fun stuff. And so we said, What's, what What kind of new ways can we play? And uh, we're both obsessed with circus and literally said, we're gonna make a high-tech circus. And that's what we did,
0: uh, you know? <laughs> well, no, and that's interesting. Like that's those, that phrase almost doesn't even make sense, right? The high-tech circus. Um, how did that come to life? And how did you know it was actually working? So at first it was just a side
1: project we were building interactive art and taking it to parties and we were this was stuff we were making you know on the weekends just for fun we take it to parties and people liked it Uh, we were always biasing towards social stuff that would get people playing together in new ways Um, and one day microsoft called and they said hey want to do all the entertainment for our e3 party and we'll pay you and we were like what there's a business model here, you know, like that's crazy. And, um, you know, we started doing, we did that party, We started, but more brands started calling and we were doing Amazon's holiday party and Intel conferences. And, you know, pretty soon rather than casino night, they were bringing the nerds with all the high tech <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> and uh, so
0: it, it, it just went from there. No, it was great, especially, you know, uh, everybody wants that phone call, right? The phone that like, oh, suddenly they called. Um, what did that feel like? What did that, you know, what did that first initial thing feel like when you, especially just stumbling upon a business model is like, oh shit, we can actually make money doing this.
1: Yeah. You know, when, when a brand calls and says, you know, we, we'd love what you're doing. We'd love to give you money for it as an artist. That's an incredible moment, right? Because you are doing what you're, what you love, right? We were doing what we loved. We were doing it for fun. We weren't expecting any payment. And so the the opportunity to be able to do that full time was incredible. You right. know? And so w- there was this transition moment where Eric quit his job, you know, and he like left what was basically nerd paradise working at a think tank in Glendale uh, to nice. go and do this full time. And that, that transition to say, wow, we're going to get to do what we love and have it be, you know, you, when, when your work and your play just smash together like that, it's, you know, frankly, what what life feels like. You should be doing
0: well. Let's let's get into some examples because uh, your your whole world is work and play, <laughs> which I'm like always like super jealous of. Every time I see him, I'm like, man, I want that life. Um, but like, where do work and play combine? Give us some examples, and, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more.
1: So we've done a, a bunch of different interactive experiences for lots of brands, and and you know, our skill set sits at this intersection of programming, electronics, fabrication. And then game design, creativity, and and out of home, specifically out of home. You are a different person when you're comfortable on your couch when you're out in public, you have less tolerance for instructions, right? You might be on a date for the first time and you want to make sure that you're, you know, everything you do is awesome. And so you're going to, you're going to approach things differently. And so when you build things, activations for out of home, it's gotta be mindful of all that stuff. And so we were, uh, you know, and, and continue to be building experiences that, that, that lever all of that kind of, of, of uh, you know, cultural understanding in an entertainment context. So, Uh, One example, Dave & Buster's, we've done a bunch of stuff for them building interactive experiences from a whole magic mirror where, you know, it's a a, a vertically mounted screen, it's got a bunch of cameras facing on it, and you walk up and it goads you into making all sorts of crazy faces as it morphs you into a troll or a siren or a jester uh we helped uh the nba do a whole bunch of virtual reality capturing what it's like to be on the you know on the court uh for the super bowl the nfl we strapped a 360 camera to a robot drove it down cardinal stadium with a bunch of football players as if you were the punt returner and then installed that at the super bowl so 30,000
0: people could feel
1: what it's like to be on the field in the middle of a punt return.
0: I mean, this this stuff is fantastic, especially when I think about, you know, there's empathy there where you have to think, you have to think like an audience, you have to think like a business, you have to think like your own business, you have to think like a client. Um, What's your design thinking process when you do get that phone call and you're like, hey, MBA, go.
1: Gosh, (laughs) that's such a great question. Uh, you, You know, a lot of our process has been around figuring out just exactly what are we trying to do here. You know, if it's Intel, they have a new chip they really care about. They have a new camera they really care about. But they want to get that into the hands of people in an exciting way. So what's the what's the way that we can make this fun? What's the way we can make this tantalizing? What's the way we can make make this magical? And so we'll understand, you know, what's the context in which this is gonna be deployed. A bunch of people at CES is a different audience than the people that are gonna be at Maker Fair, you know, is a different audience than the people that are gonna be in a movie theater lobby. And so trying to understand, okay, where is this gonna go? How long how long do we have people? If, you, if your goal is visibility, brand visibility, or you know, something that you want a picture to go viral, different than you know, really immersing a, you know, an influencer in half an hour of entertainment, you're gonna make kind of different design decisions. And so we try to get sort of all of the details that we can, and then we try to get a lot of different personalities in the room. You know? So you know, we're a circus, we got a lot of crazy folks, right? We've got a, you know, an irreverent Southern physicist. My co-founder is a crazy roboticist. Uh, We've got like everybody has an adjective on top of (laughs) irreverent, crazy It helps. It helps, you know, you you know, creativity comes from that intersection of domains. You know, you want people with different outlooks, different life experience, because the more you can get different perspectives at the table, the more novel the, the
0: final solution will be. The more different understandings you're going to be able to bring to the table to create that final yeah, about creation. And at the same time, right, you also have to build a little bit of homogeny because you all have to be like-minded in the spirit of what a two-bit circus is or whatever your company is. You know, you want those different perspectives, but you want people who get it and still are like nerds and geeks, but just have a different, uh, like explain the, the, I don't know, a little bit of the culture because walking around here feels like a circus, just in an office, you would expect like the end product to be the, the circus piece, but like even walking around the, the facility, you've got all sorts of craziness happening.
1: We have a very particular approach to hiring, and we look for people that share a curiosity and a wonder for the world. And, you know, a very early question we'll ask is, what do you do on the weekends? And if people are passionate about anything, then they have the capacity for passion in hopefully the thing that we'd be bringing them to, you know, come and and join us for. And so if they are a bird lover, they know how to unicycle, they know, you know, bookbinding, literally, our, you know, one of our industrial designers studied bookbinding, like, I had no idea that that was even a thing, you know, that you could go and study or that someone would do that in modern day. But we have literally used that skill at the company now, you know, and so it, we're always looking for people that have, you know, some kind of blend of interesting life experience, excitement about the world around them looking at new, new and different things. And they might be coming on to do systems administration or industrial design but they have a, a you know a, a collection of other skills that make them interesting you know interesting people
0: yeah um, I'm gonna go back to your eyes for a second because, because they just lit up right and talking about people and the, the people that you surround yourself. you have the sense of wonder about like people and, like how important is the human component of you know engineering technology entrepreneurship but at the end of the day you're like you're entertaining people like what how, how important is that for you so we are very focused on social.
1: 2-bit is very focused on social. You know, technology has a tendency to isolate. It's awesome. I love technology. I studied computer science and electrical engineering. I am steeped in technology. But the, the part that makes me the most excited about 2-bit, and, and what I know is true for my co-founder Eric, is you know using technology as a facilitator, not the end game, but the thing that will get people together in real life, playing together. You know, you can play a social game on your phone alone in your basement, or you can play a game in public and have that be part of what brings you together and may- meet somebody new for the first time. You know, it might be really awkward to you know be in a bar and say, "Hey, can I buy you a drink?" But way easier to be like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna freaking kill you next time" as we play this game together. You know, oh by the way, what's your name? What are you? What's going on? You know, and so we like to think of that tech as a way to get people together in new ways.
0: That's brilliant. Um, So I I guess, let's back up, what is a two-bit circus?
1: (laughs) So two-bit circus is literally a high-tech circus building futuristic entertainment. So we take all the different tech that we can get our hands on from virtual reality, computer vision, cheap sensors, uh, displays of all sizes in order to create new ways to play. So we got a couple of things behind us right here. This is a you know an approach to a reimagined carnival game we're building for our micro amusement park. Uh, we have, you know, we actually started building what are now called escape rooms years ago. We wanted a live action adventure, right? Where not a video game you control with your thumbs, one where you're the character and you need to use all your faculties to solve this mission. Right. And so an early adventure we made was a, well you were trying out to be a spy. And as part of this adventure, you needed to solve five different challenges in order to prove you had what it takes to be a spy. And you know that means that you, we were calling on your ability to drive super fast on hairpin turns. You know, you use your powers of observation in a you know in a whole three hundred and sixty ca- you know camera view of a of a town square. Uh, get through a room of laser beams without breaking one, like it's Mission Impossible. You know, those those cover a lot of different yeah. skill sets. You know, and so we're always looking for stuff that that. Uh, uh, you know, is immersive, is interactive, is social. Um, And uh, so our
0: full focus right now is building literally a micro amusement park. So let's go there for a second because, you know, you have two different, you have a service side of your business and then you have like the invention side, which sometimes they work hand in hand and sometimes it's one or the other. But this invention side, this micro amusement park sounds fantastic. 50,000 square feet, boom, hit it. Um, No, tell us, uh, you tell us about it. Uh, Well, so what happened was, we had done all of these
1: brand activations for years, and we install something for the Super Bowl, and then it's done, and we take it down, and it goes in the, into a warehouse somewhere. We build a thing for Comic-Con, we operate it for five days, and then it's done and it goes into a warehouse somewhere. Well, that's no fun right there's there could be a whole year of people going through that entertainment and so we said god we really need our own permanent facility a place to showcase that stuff because where does that go otherwise it's not going to go in a movie theater it's not going to go in you know in your mall what's the place where's the place for this and so this amusement park is a A complex all dedicated to showcasing those kinds of entertainment experiences. So, we've got VR, we've got a whole interactive supper club, we've got robot bartenders, we've got a reimagined carnival midway, and then an entire gallery area where we're going to rotate through all kinds of different entertainment experiences. Can I come?
0: I just, I just want a ticket, man. So really, it's the only reason I'm here. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, really exit. Um, You know, it's something to be said about going into like a brick and mortar business when industry talk says that those are dying, right? Radio shack's going away. Bl- name any store, there's fewer of them. Now, we'd say that's the
1: opportunity, right? So there is an absolute glut of retail. And so every time a Macy's and a Sears goes out of business, there is a mall that is desperate because their entire model is predicated on the anchor tenant. The movie theater on one end, the department store on the other. That's why people come and then they or stay. Cinnabon. and cinema. And cinema. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I go there. <laughs> well, but so they, they arrive for that and they're going to stay longer to go to the T-Mobile and the Foot Locker and whatever. But when that Macy's and Sears goes away, what's there to replace it? And so for us, there's three trends that, that, that is where we sit at the intersection of. This glut of retail the fact that consumer appetites, particularly for millennials, are trending experiential, right? They want life experience. And, and so it's less about owning the shirt that says I'm super cool because it's got a Porsche logo on it and more about, hey, check out my Instagram. I just did this crazy awesome thing that is makes me super special, right? So, so lots of retail, people want life experience over buying stuff. And the third is there's all this great new tech and a lot of it hasn't been applied to entertainment yet. You know, movie theaters are great, super old technology right mini golf great pretty old technology i mean laser tag okay that was fun but like that was like i mean we did that when we were kids right what you surely we can come up with new ways to play so do
0: people understand when you when you tell that story like when you walk into westfield uh, corporate offices they are like, we're going to do this here. They're like,
1: what? It's so interesting to hear you say that because when I, you know, I have loved location-based entertainment for a long time. And when Eric and I first started collaborating, I went out to raise money for what we were doing. And the first few investors were like, huh? They're like, we invest in things like YouTube. Thank you very much. Like, we don't understand what you're doing and don't like it at all. Uh, And literally some of those investors called me up last year and they were like, you're never going to believe this we're looking at this space now and location-based entertainment went from being this sort of like second-class citizen to being something that is super exciting because that those those trends are real you know we have you know if all your stuff you can buy is you know coming to you delivered by Amazon you've got extra time what should we do with that time well let's use it to hang out you and me right and so we can go and do something that we've done a million times or we can go and do something new and and i don't know about you but i'm gonna opt for something new right i want to try something different and you know and and so there's other you know threads that are supporting that immersive theater is starting to get awesome you know i don't know if you tried sleep no more or any of those where all of a sudden you get to be part of the action
0: i mean that's exciting um when you're that far ahead of the curve (laughs) how do you stick to your guns how like what's the how grueling is that journey because a lot of entrepreneurs are like i see the world in a very specific way and nobody else does, at some point some people jump ship or some of them stick to it and you know fight the good fight.
1: So it hurts, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. You know, I mean, Eric and I built literally Pokemon Go like years before Pokemon Go. It was a GPS enabled adventure game you did from your phone and you go, it went around the world and you collected fruit that was algorithmically generated all over the place. But we just made up the IP, right? It wasn't Pokemon. And so people were like, huh? You know, and it just didn't work, you know. Yeah. we built that spy adventure years before escape rooms. And you know, it was people were just like, huh, oh, wait, this is you know, it, it you 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 definitely need opportunity and preparation to sort of hit at the right time and so we've been wrong a lot you know and and it takes experimenting because you don't go into it knowing what the right answer is you you know one of my favorite quotes is from madeline engels she says inspiration comes during work not before it and it's not that you're sitting on the couch and have this light bulb moment you're actively engaged in something. And it's then that you realize, wow, this could be done differently. We should change this. We can do this better. And so the the you you gotta be out there and trying. And sometimes people get lucky and they 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 hit it out of the park the first time. And other times, you're just wrong for a while. Or maybe your concept is right, but the timing is wrong, you know? And so for us, it's been about iterating and testing and and the the thing that really was a was a great rate limiter for us, or something that helped us to frankly continue to be wrong and iterate and try was being, was working with brands and being able to work with them. And so we would start to filter our projects for, you know, are, are, are we working with some new kind of technology we want to know about? Are they willing to promote us as a partner, not just as some faceless vendor, but, you know, we're doing this together. Uh, or is the project ridiculously high margin because you can frankly buy the other two things? <laughs> uh, and so, you know, being able to sort of know the general domain we wanted to play in, which was out-of-home entertainment with novel technology, uh, w- w- allowed us to start to create filters for contract projects that would get us, you know, working in the, in the right direction.
0: Um, let's talk about you as a, as a leader, um, the bearded impresario, if you will. <laughs> What like what's your leadership style, right? Like obviously your energy is infectious, right? You're a big kid. You like to play. You still like to play. Um, how do you? It, or and is that an important thing you try to instill in your team? But your what are your sort of methods as a as a leader?
1: You know I I, I like to think of myself as being pretty hands off. You know I like to you know get get people excited about where we're going. Try to really convey the vision. But then get a bunch of folks around who are super talented and really have grit and determination, and they can take. You know my dad used to Always talk about there's two kinds of people. Those that are like this, and those that are like this. And we're um, you know we are actively looking for people like this that can take a project and run it all the way to the finish line. And so you know uh, the, uh, I'd like to get you know get the right folks around the table, but then give the, you know empower them to be able to go out and, and 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 do their thing, do what they're great at. I mean you know as an entrepreneur at the be, you know in the beginning of the company you've got all the hats on right. Your finance and marketing and you know business <laughs> development and everything. And, and, and if you're doing it right, you every single time you hire someone, you're, you're hiring someone that's way better than you at that skill. So I can take off that finance hat and give it to somebody who's more awesome than I am. I can take off that BD hat and give it to somebody that's more awesome than I am. So always looking for someone who it, is asking me questions that I don't know the answer to, right? That I, when, I'm, when I'm interviewing them for something, if I know more that, about it than what they do, they're not the right fit because right. I wanna be the one that is learning from them. You know, they're oh, gonna yeah. hand the uh, bow tie to. This is part of the core. This okay, part all right,
0: core. So obviously, you're involved in Worlds. Um, what I mean, what attracted you to the Worlds movement?
1: So the thing that I think is incredible about Worlds is it's moving in that same direction we are. They seem the same opportunity that we do of experiential, getting people together, not just for passive entertainment, but for interactive entertainment, workshops, right? Feels to me like Ted meets a cocktail party meets a, you know, a, a, an interactive zone. You know, how do you get people playing together and learning from each other? You know, I'm a huge fan of mentorship. Let's get lots of different people with lots of different skill sets in the room to be able to learn from each other in, in, in new ways. That's and, exactly. that's, so I got really excited about that. And- um, as we wind down,
0: you know, I, I think you just have this big spirit of play and you are going into these corporate environments where it's not readily, um, I don't know, understood. So how important has play been in the circles where you've taken it into and how have you seen culture change by bringing the Brent Bushnell two bit circus movement into other environments where typically it, it doesn't belong?
1: You know, I think play is super powerful. I actually think that we are heading into a domain where play is gonna show up way more than it does now. Because the thing that's so incredible about play is you wanna do it. Right? And I know that might sound almost like a tautology, but it's really incredible because if you want to do the thing, then you, you can almost sh- sugarcoat stuff that maybe you wouldn't want to do otherwise. You know, if, it might really be terrible to learn about math, but if you're learning about it in a playful context or you're learning some new domain, but, but through play, all of a sudden, you're gonna you're, you're done, and you've just learned something new. I mean, that's incredible. And so, I really feel like play is we're just in this we're just scratching the surface on sort of what's possible with play. And uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, it's 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 always been a driving force, and and will continue to be. And the more that I can bring that to you know individuals and businesses and and uh, the world, yeah, the, the, the happier
0: I'll be. Where do you go to stay ahead of the curve or to play yourself? Um, not with yourself that'd be weird but no, I'm kidding uh, we'll edit that out um, no <laughs> no no like how important like where do you go to for your inspiration and, and find things that inspire you and you go see the next thing that you can incorporate so
1: I, I try to I really try to cultivate creativity. Creativity is a practice, right? And and creativity comes, you know, like we talked about earlier, the intersection of domains. So the more you can expose yourself to new and different life experience, the more creative you're going to be. And so one that I always that I love to share is conference crashing, right? Go to random conferences, conferences that have nothing to do with your life. And it's awesome because you will be trying to puzzle through some project in your brain and you're going to be wandering around some conference and an innovation in that domain might just apply to the domain you're on. Uh, So really love that. Um, You know, particularly for our domain, I'm always looking for new, interesting, immersive, interactive entertainment everywhere I go. Anytime I'm in a new city, I'm always searching for what's happening because there is, the the technology is finally getting good enough that it's not just for the super nerd the, it's actually now something you can put in the hand of the artist in the hand of the, of the of the writer in the hand of the theater nerd and so they can start to create new kinds of experiences that they ne- that weren't even possible before and and you know that is a really powerful thing because you know the second that the tools become accessible you get you know, all of the capacity of human creativity to come up with new stuff. I mean, I've been in immersive theater experiences where I was the audience of one, you know, in a running restaurant with a theater experience happening right at my table. You know, I've been in a in a theater experience where it was in a food bank and we were built making sandwiches for the homeless in a theater experience that was about homelessness and w- actively being there, building sandwiches for the problem, like, it was this incredible combination of entertainment and, you know, social, social good, and, you know, I mean, there's just such fun, you know, people are out there doing all sorts of stuff. You just need to look for it,
0: you know? Well, keep doing it. Hey, making sandwiches I can't wait to show you <laughs> our park I just can't wait to <laughs> no, show you. No, I, I want to see a lot of your stuff, so uh, I, I said we go take a little walk and, and walk. See, see the two-bit circus Let's go play.